0: Following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. From the Blue Raiders to the Two Tone Blue, covering the teams you care about. It's only on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company studio, with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao.
1: Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Moe J.P. Plant on the controls. Coming to you on this Reaction Tuesday, and we have reacted to a lot Going that has happened over the weekend, we didn't mention it on Friday, Mo, but uh, bears mentioning, you know. And you you'd said something about it, and I just totally let it slip my mind. But Sidney Poitier had passed away, and then of course we learned Sunday of the passing of Bob Saget, America's dad. So, I guess I guess that's the the three on the pop culture side. I, I don't know, it's but um, Oh, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. and, and as, we,
2: as we bring Chip Walters, the voice of blue Raiders in, we also um, want to um, extend our condolences to the MTSU family for the loss of as I refer to him in a tweet for forever track and field coach, Dean Hayes. Um, he was there when I got to, t- to uh, MTSU as a student, and he had been there <laughs> basically for as long as I've been alive. So um, that was certainly a tough, unexpected loss for for the MTSU community, for the track and field community nationally. And we'll bring um, Chip in, um, again, the voice of the Blue Raiders, to that yeah, I'd imagine Chip was as close to coach Hayes as, as anybody chip
3: well you know it, it it's it, it's a tough tough loss and while you you talk about unexpected I think you know folks who were within the athletic department knew uh, some of the the health struggles that that coach Hayes had been going through for the last few months and and when 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 Dean Hayes is not uh, coming into the office every day you, you uh, he's either in somewhere around the globe, either recruiting or participating, or uh, he's not feeling well. And uh, and and uh, and Dean was as tough as anybody I've ever known. And uh, when he uh, this last bout that he had gone through was tough, and I think people were concerned. Those that were you know, within the athletic department and, and, uh, cause you, you never walked by his office and the door wasn't open. And if the door was open and he wasn't on the phone, you always stopped by, but you, you talk about his, his, his length of time and service to the university. He'd been the track coach 57 years. He had just turned 84 years old and his tenure at the university uh, Mo, uh, was more than half of the entire lifespan of the university. Middle will turn 111 years old uh, this year, and Dean has been part of it for over half of that time—57 years.
2: That's, and I, I don't even have any, a word to describe the impact of that. 57 of 111 years.
3: Yeah, he's been there. You know, and I think about you know his passing um, and. You know, and, and you think how how lucky we have been in the mid state area, in particular, to have such in the track and field community such icons as as Dean Hayes and Ed Temple, and uh, and now both are gone. But uh, you know, it's interesting. One of the things we've we've talked about with Coach Hayes is is he's probably more well known around the world than <laughs> he is in Rutherford County. I mean. Mm-hmm. Dean is just a guy who goes to the grocery store, and you know, uh, he he very pretty nondescript, you know, guy that shows up wearing his, you know, rumpled shirt and pants, and coaches his track team. But you know, around the world, he is he is an icon in the track and field world, especially uh, those who are involved in the jumps, because he is the preeminent uh, and, and was the preeminent coach. Uh, an innovator in the triple jump. He wrote the book on it and, uh, you know, in, in reaction to his passing, uh, has come in from around the world and, and, uh, and, you know, yeah, you're going to miss him as a track coach, but the track program will go on, but you miss Dean Hayes because of his friendship, his absolute genuineness. And, and as Alicia Clark put it in her tweet, he was the realist. And, uh, and there's no question about that.
1: Well, I mean, when Carl Lewis is tweeting about you,
3: yeah, you're a pretty exactly. big deal. Yep, exactly, exactly. And uh, just uh, f- for folks, and there's a lot of folks in in the in the reach of of your show, guys. That you know have you know have. If you went to middle and at all or were around the track and field world, uh, even high school track and field, because uh, we'll touch on this in just a second, but uh, they're going to have a a celebration of life probably in June uh, because that will coincide with after the the, uh, NCAA Outdoor Championships because there's so many people from across the country that want to Pay their respects at the at that time, and of course, uh, that's being worked out between the Hayes family and MTSU administration, and that will of course be at the Dean Hayes Track and Soccer Stadium on campus. But you guys cover high school athletics, and and you know what a big deal Spring Fling is. Uh, the 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 genesis of the idea of Spring Fling uh, came from Dean Hayes when he approached Ronnie Carter, uh, about what at that time, uh, back in the 70s, the Ohio Valley Conference was having what they called their spring sports carnival, which brought all of the spring sports together. And, you know, and at that time, on the Tennessee high school level, you had, you know, baseball, you know, might be playing on a home field in Germantown, softball might be on somebody's home field in Chattanooga, soccer may not have even been playing at the time, but you had tennis and golf and, and those things. And Dean, you know, went to Ronnie and said, you know, I think it'd be a great idea and would really gain a lot of interest for all the spring sports who a lot of times fly a bit under the radar. Uh, if, if you bring them all together and and have this type of event and, and, and thus became what we now know as spring fling, which is Uh, the busiest week of high school athletics in the entire state that involves more student athletes than anything else that goes on year round. 4,000 athletes plus family and friends and fans all come together in one location to celebrate high school athletics. And we have Dean Hayes and Ronnie Carter to to, to thank for that.
2: And it's been, as you said, Chip, it's been a innovative event that, um, that Coach Hayes helped get started. You know, we've seen it in Chattanooga. We saw it in um, in Memphis and <laughs> south of the border for softball. And <laughs> and we've seen it here in, in Murfreesboro for the last few years. And it's it has become, I think, probably one of the things that the TWSAA is proudest of. And like you said, Coach Hayes was – was involved in the genesis of that, among other things. But, yeah, um, a certainly a loss for the MTSU, the Murfreesboro, and the track and field community with the passing of Coach Hayes.
3: Yeah, you know, he, uh, he was – Goodwill Games, Olympic Games, uh, U.S. Track and Field Championships, uh, and he is also – uh, a member of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm trying to catch those real quick, uh, the different Hall of Fames that that, that he's in. But, um, uh, you know, his, his first job out of college uh, when he came to Middle Tennessee, he, he also worked uh, in the summer for the Chicago Cardinals of the NFL. So that also in itself tells you a little bit how <laughs> how far his uh, – his uh, path has come. He went to Lake Forest College, you know, where the Bears, uh, where they used to have their their uh, their, training their, camp. their training camp. But that's where he got his undergrad. Got his masters at Middle. Uh, his wife Jan has. If if you are a teacher that uh, in the mid state that went to Middle Tennessee, you probably had Jan Hayes for a class. I know my sister did, and talks about all of the the lessons that she as a as a teacher now at Spring Hill. Learned from Jan Hayes that were not in any textbook, but uh, just an incredible family, uh, and, and the, the amount of love and support that that's come out uh, to them is is just uh, is so well deserved, and it's very much appreciated. We did a, a show here on Sunday night as a tribute, and and Erin uh, Hayes, Coach Hayes's uh, youngest daughter, uh, she uh, she called in actually and talked about. Uh, you know, that the reaction that they had gotten at that time in a span of about 48 hours, it's a little more than that now since his passing, but uh, how uh, you know, how much appreciated it, it is. But you know, we he's, a, he's a, a champion of all champions 57 years, 55 conference championships.
1: You'll take that,
3: 85 <laughs> individuals won a total of 125 all-american honors. And the only way you got your picture on Dean Hayes' office wall is to be an All-American in track and field. And the other thing about Dean, you talk about the competitive part of him. uh, uh, I've seen him throw away a conference runner-up trophy because he did not keep anything other than championship trophies.
2: That's awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) It, it kind of reminds you of that Mike Singletary rant. I want winners. Right? Yeah,
3: exactly. 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 And, and the thing was, he was most proud of it because he had, you know, so many kids uh, that were first generation college students in particular, his international kids, those that so many came from Ghana uh, that, you know, to see them walk across that graduation stage and make lives for themselves and their families and continue to come back and, and visit uh, and and be part of the track program for years and years and years after after they were here. Uh, probably one of the most fulfilling and satisfying parts of of, uh, of his
2: career. Speaking, Speaking with Chip Walters, the it. voice of the Blue Raiders, here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. And, Chip, um, MTSU men set to host – Florida Atlantic and Florida International this weekend is that still that's still on? Yep, I
3: haven't heard anything uh, anything different. Uh, FAU coming in on Thursday night, uh, FIU on Saturday. Women have the mirrored schedule. They are to be in Boca on Thursday and in Miami on Friday. The men uh, are, are now getting ready to host three straight home games, so they need to win. Lost two close ones on on the swing. Uh, through Texas at Rice and North Texas, and you know, right now the league is throwing some stuff out there that uh, y- that uh, is kind of going against the grain. Uh, and for instance, uh, UAB has just been uh, beating everybody. Well, they they roll into Rice on Saturday, and Rice beats them. So, in uh, Middle goes to North Texas, who was picked to be one of the best in the West, and uh, and 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 just about put it on North Texas. Uh, there are in Denton. So, you know, it, there's a lot of basketball to be played. And, uh, you know, the middle needs to take care of business at home and then steal a few on the road. Uh, so it all starts right now. They're undefeated at home, the men are, and uh, have a chance for two more home games this week.
1: It's going to be a, a busy week, busy week. Hey, real quick, I uh, want yeah. to mention the NFL players with middle ties. You've got Kevin Byard and Charverius Ward, Darius Harris, Richie James, Chandler Brewer, and, of course, Mike Caldwell. That's got to be exciting for middle.
3: Yeah, that's right. You've got uh, Darius and Charverius are both uh, in Kansas City. Uh, You've got, uh, obviously, Kevin Byard with with the Titans and – I want to throw in Rob Jones, Big Rob, offensive lineman. They're not in the playoffs, but he made his first NFL start in the offensive line for the Dolphins uh, on Sunday.
1: It's pretty awesome. Chip, thanks for joining us, and uh, condolences to the Middle Tennessee State family for Coach Hayes, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week.
3: All right, we'll talk to you guys. Thanks so much for the time.
1: Absolutely. When we come back, we will continue talking NFL because Teresa Walker joins us, so stick around after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee.
4: Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof.
1: Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Covering the teams you
0: care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Once again, live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao.
1: Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Barn and Joint. Looking forward to talking a little NFL in the next segment, Mo. It's going to be a uh, a lot of fun as we talk about the AFC's number one seed, Tennessee Titans. Come on. Didn't quite expect to uh, to see that two months ago. Heck, I didn't expect to see it a month ago after that loss to the Texans, but didn't matter because all of the things, all of the, the all of the things that could go right for Tennessee went right. The loss to the Steelers put them in a position. To win and knock out the Colts from the playoffs. So, (laughs) Mike Vrabel out here playing 4D chess while we're all playing tiddlywinks. Right. (laughs) I mean, come on. And then, of course, the Titans defeating the Texans to claim the number one seed after the Chiefs get beat last week. So, man, what a phenomenal! phenomenal weekend it was to be a Tennessee Titans fan and we're going to talk to the goat Teresa Walker joins us now on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today and Teresa thanks for hanging out with us what's going on
5: well uh, just getting a little bit of a quick stretch of the legs in it's it's amazing how busy it can be this time of year even when it's a bye week for the Titans uh, we had some access with the coordinators on Zoom for over the last hour and And I'm covering Kentucky-Tennessee tonight. Excuse me, Kentucky-Vanderbilt tonight. So it's just, it's one of those busy, busy days.
2: Don't make that mistake.
5: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't make it in the story. Don't worry. Yeah, trust me. Once I climb to the Crows' nest, I'll know exactly where I'm at. Trust me. Is that where they're putting the media now, again? Last year and this year. And uh, the crazy thing is, tickets are being sold to this game, yet... Students are not being allowed to come. Now, Now they push back the start of this semester. Vandy is, you know, the students won't be starting the fall semester, well, excuse me, winter semester. Can you tell my clock's a little messed up? Um, until Monday, January 17th. And uh, Jerry Stackhouse said yesterday he, he feels the students' pains. He, you know, they he's gotten some emails and, you know, understands. But, you know, he pointed out Vanderbilt's going to listen to the experts. And, you know, Vanderbilt's main goal here is to keep their students healthy. and. Yeah, I know that a lot of folks don't quite understand it, but uh, you know, hey, they from the very beginning of this pandemic, they've been very clear. They're not going to they're going to listen to their doctors and they got a bunch of them over there at that university.
2: <laughs> they do have a few. A couple here and there. A couple. Yeah. It's um it's a tough situation and there's not a whole lot of grace being shown and, and it's tough. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the, in the position of having to make some of the decisions that those people are having to make, but regardless, um, what other than the obvious, what does Tennessee get out of this bye week
5: The rest and recovery is the biggest thing. And You know that's the thing. You get an extra week for for Derrick Henry. You know, yesterday was the tenth week or started. It was the tenth week since Derrick Henry was put on IR. Well, ten weeks ago today he had surgery on that right foot. So you get another next week. It'll be eleven weeks, right? Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, I think that's my math. Yeah, ten weeks. Uh, so it's and then eleven next week. So any week that's further away from the surgery and giving him more time on the practice fields to cut on that foot. Mike Rabel said they want to see him cut and, and do some of the other things that he would need to do uh, to play. Now we're all expecting him to be activated and added to the roster and available next weekend in the divisional round. This week helps them do that. I mean shoot, you saw Monty Hooker, Elijah Molden, Christian Fulton all left that game and then came back with injuries. So that gives them a chance to heal up. And guys, the one number that is just kind of astounding the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel are eight and and0 when they're coming off a bye or an extended break, saying having played a Thursday night game, tied with Pittsburgh for the best mark in the four last four years. Mike Vrabel's tenure, so they get time to not only recover. That coaching staff is breaking down the you know potential opponents they could see. Right, they didn't play Cincinnati this year, they didn't play the Raiders this year, and they're pretty familiar with the other the rest of the field. But, uh, you know, they can go and look at what they've done. They can self-scout and try to clean up some things. I mean, we know the common thread through all their losses, right? Turnovers. Well, and they can also look at schemes and do some self-scouting and kind of maybe, you know, first and third periods have been an issue this year. Uh, So they can work at trying to start those quarters better and, and see if they can maybe tweak here and there. And that's probably the biggest value the self-scouting that they
1: get out of it. It's a big deal. I, a lot of folks don't understand how important, you know, it is to fix yourself first uh, instead of worrying about what your other team is going to do. So that extra week to to do that, to get, you know, get some timing down with your receivers again, maybe, you know, make some scheme adjustments because the 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 inside linebacker room right now is a little full. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do if you are the Titans this week that nobody else is getting a chance to do, and that is a massive, massive deal. And like you said, the Titans are 8-0 with coming off of extra rest, and they only have to win one of the next three games on normal rest to be Super Bowl champs. So, boy, that's something. Speaking of that timing... How important was it did did you think it was to see both Julio and AJ on the field at the same time? It really felt like that was a matchup issue all day long for the Texans.
5: Oh, it was crucial. And think about this. Whoever they do play next week now has to you know, you can't just say, Oh, Julio's no, he's not had a good year. No, that performance makes opponents have to spend time preparing for Julio Jones. And, you know, we've talked a lot about is he a bust? Was that trade just, you know, a bad move? And, you know, if he can play like that, and I think he actually had a team-high nine targets on Saturday. I mean, excuse me, Sunday. Jeez, my, <laughs> I have to look at my phone to know what day it is, okay? Uh, we this understand. Time here, but, uh, but, you know, that was the best performance, guys, in the same game by Julio Jones and A.J. Brown since the Buffalo game, okay? And you know, after that, you know, he started dealing more with the hamstring and it just you know, they have not been on sync in the same game very, very often. And you know, so to, to be able to see that and see both of them work in the field, uh, if I'm the Titans, I'm ecstatic. And you, and again, you get more time for those two to work on their chemistry. Todd Downing told us today that you know they hit on some things that you know they've been trying to do, and they got to do that with Julio Jones on Sunday. So yeah, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill talked about how you know, their chemistry is improving. And I definitely, if I'm a Titans fan, I'm I'm happy to hear that because now is when you want to see that chemistry pay off and be in fine tune.
2: And you're starting to see a little bit more of um, Anthony Ferkser, kind of like we expected to see at the outset of this season. Um, he scored his only two touchdowns in their last two games. I mean, this Pass-catching core has suddenly, you know, it's almost a strength, I would think, between A.J. and Julio and the constant improvement of Westbrook Akina in that third spot. Um, we're go- you, you'd like to think that you're going to see this op- offense perform at the level that you had anticipated from from the start.
5: Oh, absolutely, Mo. I mean, that's the thing. And, and Downing said, Furster has been working really hard. You know, he, he, he started the season off dealing with an injury. And, you know, it's kind of tough to get fully healthy during the regular season. But the bye on December 5th, the Thursday night game against the Niners, Christmas weekend, and now they get this week as well, that doesn't, you know, that's going to help him as well. And and Nick Westbrook-Akina, I mean, for a guy who went undrafted, uh, you know, like this is his second year in the NFL. Undrafted out of Indiana, talk about a find by John Robinson and his his scouting staff. Because you know that catch that he made. You know, the, I'm not talking about the 37 yarder where Ryan Tannehill eluded the sack. I'm talking about the one where they needed some offensive, you know, production early in that game, and he went up in a in a crowd and got one down the middle for a huge first down for them. So. You know, he just keeps making some clutch catches. I mean, the, the way he went up for that ball, I, at first I thought it was A.J. Brown, okay? Um, so it's like he has just been a huge find. And, and Chester Rogers as well. So, you know, th- right now they've got so many of their tools that, you know, you look at them and it's like, uh, you know, remember a few weeks ago when they were scraping and your starter, you know, Cody Hollister was promoted off the practice squad to start at wide receiver. And now they've got options. And when you've got options, that's going to give the offense a chance to be more productive.
1: This offense specifically, Teresa, you know, it's it's healthy at the right time. The offensive line uh, looked really good at times on Sunday. I thought, you know, everybody played well, obviously, in the second half everybody kind of got a little lax. So is that something that you expect to see uh, this coaching staff address this week? Or or, or will the, oh, the players yeah. self-police that?
5: Well, I, I think they might police, self-police that as well. But uh, trust me, I, I think Mike vrabel has been busy making the notes. Uh, in fact, when he talked to us yesterday, he kind of pointed out, you know, he, he know you know, this guy three Super Bowl rings, he understands the difference between regular season and postseason. You know, he talked about how, you know, the mistakes that they made in Pittsburgh, you know, with the turnovers, blowing the lead, losing that game. That's you know, those are the kind of mistakes that are amplified in the postseason and can get you beat in a single elimination event. You know, on Sunday he was talking about being in the Elite Eight and advancing to the divisional round and, and being one round closer. Well, yesterday it was You know, single elimination. And in Titan fans, trust me, uh, who doesn't remember Algie Crumpler's fumble, okay? Uh, The blocked field goal by Aldo Greco in another divisional game. So it's like (laughs) those mistakes, you remember them because those are the – Music City Miracle, on the other hand, you know, plays that can, you know, maybe just get lost in the shuffle of a regular season when it's one and done at this point of the year are just simply, you know, they're magnified. So he's sending that message, and I <laughs> I think it's going to be coming through loud and clear through that building.
1: It's, you know, <laughs> I think this team understands that the problem that, that we've seen a lot this year is the playing to competition. I mean, you don't lose to the Jets and Texans. I mean, obviously with... All of the injuries and that sort of thing, but there's just a lot of times that this team has played to its competition, and, and perhaps that bodes well for the Titans in the playoffs because, well, the competition is really good. So I'm looking forward to it. H- who, who presents the best matchup for the Titans in that divisional round?
5: That's a good question. Uh, I mean, if I looking at any of them, I mean, maybe it's the Patriots because, guys if not for the four turnovers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the thing that cost them. They ran for 270 yards on the road. Uh, and the fact that they would be here, uh, I, I am curious to see how fans turn out. I mean, you know, last year the, there were limits on the attendance. And, you know, the, ever since they reached the AFC championship game two years ago, you know, the you know pandemic has been at rule, and they haven't been able to really, you know, sh- you know, tap into maybe the – the fan success, that their success on the field should be bringing them, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're asking, they're hoping for a packed stadium next weekend. And you would, you know, they've earned it. I mean, three straight playoff seasons, six straight winning seasons, the number one seed. So, you know, if they have a packed crowd, I look at this field. The the one that I'm curious about is Cincinnati. Uh, I think that might be maybe the worst one. Just because of the way Joe Burrow is throwing the ball all over the field, um, but I look at the field and nobody bothers me. I mean, when the Tennessee Titans are playing offense and defense and, and and doing this and not turning the ball over, they can run on Kansas City. They beat Kansas City this year, dominated them. Okay, on October twenty fourth, uh, just days after having beaten the Buffalo Bills. So you know, yes, I know everybody can say that. Josh Allen's foot slipped But uh, the defense is playing A lot better since then Uh, I'll just say this Uh, I don't I don't think the Titans are going to be worried about anybody They're going to do their work and be ready And we'll see what happens
1: Mo, you got anything for Teresa?
2: I I think We live with Teresa as we are Under the two minute gun We're under the 32nd gun here. (laughs) It appears um, yeah so so no i'm i'm good it, Teresa, i'll talk
5: to Teresa offline <laughs>
1: there you go we appreciate it as always
5: <laughs> thank you guys so much
1: when we come back it's top five tuesday we'll give you our top five bowl game from the 2022 bowl season on the other side of the break stick around Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663
2: or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale
1: fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee.
4: Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity.
1: Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: List for suckers. Oh, did I leave my mic on? <clears throat> it's Top 5 Tuesday on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Here's Chris and Mo.
1: Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Moe, we uh, haven't talked at all about some of the most, uh, I guess, some some of the stories that happened over the weekend, and we're going to get to them later this week, including the college football playoff committee meeting and so much more. But uh, looking forward to this week as we wrap up college football, college basketball gets going, high school hoops really get into the swing of things. We haven't talked at all about high school hoops, but we will certainly do that later this week. Got some big games tonight, as we told you in the rundown. I will be at – Columbia Central and Overton. You're going to be, uh, where are you going to be?
2: <laughs> I'm going to be at Tullahoma, um, at the Spring Hill game against Tullahoma. Um, JP will be, be
1: down at uh, Summertown Loretto. JP, yes, will. look at you.
0: Yes, I
2: will. And, uh, top 10 matchup on the girl side there.
1: And we will also have Landon Sechrist at Seaco on Sports. He will be, taking in that Ravenwood. No, 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 that's Friday.
2: All right. Sorry. Taking in, um, battleground Academy at Columbia Academy. PGA
1: and and CA. So yeah, plenty of coverage of high school sports and the best place to find all of that at SM underscore TN sports on Twitter. I may, I I may recruit, um, Sarah to have like tweet deck open or something. And just hmm. retweet everything. There you go. So we may recruit <laughs> her to, to to make sure that all of our tweets get retweeted tonight. So <laughs> because,
2: she, because she doesn't have anything else to do. Uh I mean
1: Charlie took an early nap today. Then and, and she 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 should go to bed on time tonight. So let's hope. Fingers <laughs> crossed. But yeah. At sm underscore tn sports at Main Street Preps on Twitter. Of course, MainStreetPreps.com, MainStreetMurray.com. You can find all of our full coverage of the most timely and comprehensive high school sports coverage in the area right there. Don't forget tomorrow to pick up your copy of Main Street Murray for last week's coverage and plenty of pictures and box scores.
2: Also, lots of um, snow pictures, right?
1: Tons of snow pictures, man. We had a ton of people who. Uh, who submitted their snow pictures it was really tough to decide what pictures would make the cut and most of it was just because if i had their name or something like that i tried to make sure that we got those so it was it was fun looking through probably 150 200 submissions so wow it was impressive all right, let's get to it. It's Top 5 Tuesday, brought to you by our friends at MidSouth5Fitness at Steel Athletes on Instagram and Facebook, SteelAthletes.com, S-T-E-E-L, Athletes.com, making sure that you are taking care of yourself in this 2022 brand new year. Two great locations, one in Columbia, one in Franklin. Again, that's Dallas Steel and SteelAthletes.com at MidSouth5Fitness, proud sponsors of Top 5 Tuesday. Top 5 Best bowl games or favorite bowl games or however you want to describe it uh, of 2021-22. And as we wrap up the college football season, last night with the college football playoff championship, um, y'all ready to dive right in?
2: Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: JP, are you uh, are you going to bring yourself in on this one? Or you yes, just...
0: I am. There we go. Where Where is he at? There mm-hmm. he is. Yep. Let me put, uh, we just want to make
1: sure that you had it's you a know, JP side your shirt on or something.
0: Yeah, well, that's I had to get it back on. Yep. Okay, that's yeah. why it
1: took so long to get you up. That makes <laughs> sense.
0: Here's an image Mo doesn't want back.
2: No, no, I'm, I'm no. There you go.
1: All right, um, let's uh, let's keep any arm mentioned until the end, in case uh, that way they don't end up on anybody's, you know, taking anybody's thunder. So if we miss some. If we missed some, you know, maybe we'd throw them in at the end, like as that. honorable mentions. So let's start with number five. I'll go first. My number five is the College Football Playoff Championship. I thought last night, you know, the, the fourth quarter specifically was the best part. But, you know, overall, can't be mad at it. Two defensive teams, two defensive masterpieces in that that first half. And that was a great job by both coaches. Uh, College Football Championship is my number five.
2: JP, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, go ahead. despite the score, it was entertaining um, because it was back oh, it was and forth. Yeah, it was, um, and you know, just two very good football. I mean, very good football teams, uh, and it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I ended up watching predominantly just the traditional broadcast. I flipped around just to see what the others looked like. Uh, there were a couple of interesting ones, but I, I found myself going back to the traditional broadcast because it was just such a good game.
1: Yeah, I, I was watching Eli pretty much the entire time, and that the call of the pick six was brutal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My number five, um, and I didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but the Birmingham Bowl. Houston and Auburn, and Houston – Coming off with that one possession victory, seventeen thirteen. Just, um, you know, the matchup was kind of intriguing to me to see how that was going to go. A pretty good Houston team against a yeah. Auburn team, but pretty competitive.
1: Yeah, and Auburn had to get, I mean, Houston had to come back to win it late.
2: Right. So, uh, there's, there's my you. number five.
1: My number four is the Independence Bowl. UAB thirty-one, BYU twenty-eight. Really good football game. Did not expect it. I think the the, the surprise factor there of BYU ranked thirteenth in the country, uh, falling to conference USA's UAB. I, I thought that was supri- mostly surprising, which is why it's my number four.
0: All right, my uh, number four is uh, was the Citrus Bowl, uh, Kentucky. And I'm uh, trying to get back to where Iowa. it was. Iowa. There we go, Iowa. Uh, Twenty to seventeen was the final, and uh, it it kind of went back and forth a little bit. It was an entertaining game, but um, I like the Citrus Bowl. That was that was a lot of fun. My number four.
2: My number four was the Gasparilla Bowl. Hmm. Central I think They need to watch a lot of it. I didn't get to watch a lot of it either, but, but what I did see was Central Florida dominating Florida pretty much all night in the 29-17 victory, and I know that Florida team was in a lot of upheaval people um, under an interim coach and everything else, but you, know, you, you had to know that that was going to be Central Florida's national championship game, and still Florida just never really matched their intensity, I don't think, um, and... I was kind of here for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was the night that the Titans played on Thursday night. And uh, so we were flipping between both. Matter of fact, I missed the first part of the third quarter watching UCF try to score <laughs> at one point. So that tells you it was entertaining. My number three, the Peach Bowl. I thought Michigan State's comeback. Uh, yeah. I had picked them to cover in that game and with about, a, about three minutes to go, I thought, well, they're not even going to win, much less cover. And then not only did they win, they did cover with the pick six at the end. So that was uh, that was entertaining and fun. That was a really good way to end that night. I thought uh, the Beach Bowls was phenomenal.
0: All right. Uh, my number three was uh, the Fiesta Bowl. Oklahoma State, uh, nearly getting by Notre Dame, 37-35. Notre Dame, I think, made a comeback late in that one to narrow the score. But uh, good atmosphere, what at least appeared on on television. But um, it was Oklahoma State 37-35 over Notre Dame, my number three.
2: Anytime you get to watch Notre Dame lose, it's a good night. And so that was my number three as well, Oklahoma State defeating Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl for all the reasons J.P. pointed out.
1: Yeah, I I was actually at uh, my family, you know, kind of family christmas on new year's day so uh, i it was on but i wasn't watching a lot of it but it was in my honorable mentions which is why i wanted to keep that both the fiesta bowl and the citrus bowl were in my honorable mentions jp so that's why i didn't want to throw those out first right. um mo
3: what number three number
1: our number three was that was the fiesta bowl i'm sorry <laughs> <What do> you- <laughs> I guess you were just you just kept talking about it, and I just no, thought,
2: no, volley, that was that was my number you. three as well. Yeah,
1: my number two, the Rose Bowl. Uh, I thought it was incredibly entertaining. Uh, obviously, with the story of Utah and how everything went, I, I thought the Rose Bowl was just a really good football game.
2: I didn't get to see a lot of the Rose Bowl, so I didn't have it in my top five. I also didn't get to see a lot of the Bahamas Bowl, but the outcome. MTSU 31, Toledo freedom, 24 kind of earned it the number two spot on my list. Um, MTSU winning a ball game, pretty big deal. Huge. Yeah. Yep, yep.
0: It's a big deal. Big deal. JP. Uh, my number two, the Music City Bowl. Yep. Oh. Overtime. Um, I actually left. I had dinner plans with friends, and we left before overtime. So I watched part of it on my phone. While we were waiting for food, uh, but um, so maybe that's why it's not number one for me because I I wasn't engaged during the uh, peak moments. But um, anytime you go to overtime in a bowl game and you throw Tennessee in there, it's you know it should be good.
1: Uh, it's my number one. That's exactly yep. why mm-hmm. I, I thought it was. Despite the outcome, I, I mean, I was. I obviously Tennessee fan, but living and dying with every play, just like, you know, even if you weren't a fan of either of these teams, if you're just on Twitter watching Twitter, everybody was invested in that game yep. and how it was playing out. And I thought that made it just that much more enjoyable. So it's my
3: number one.
2: I was down at the finals of the Richland Christmas Classic and I had stopped in at 31 South and was watching some of that game on my phone. And then there was a lady sitting in front of me somebody asked me what the score was and I said it's tied. Oh no, no. <laughs> Tennessee is up, you know. <laughs> like, so, so um there was a lady in front of me keeping me up on the way that thing went. Um it's not in my top 5. My number 1 is <laughs> um last night's game. Yeah. And I just thought the way Georgia won that it it became more entertaining in the second half like you said, Chris, and and the way Georgia just took control of it and then the pick six at the end and Kirby's um, Kirby's vertical, if somebody yeah. had measured that last <laughs> night, they, they'd they be looking at him for the combine. I mean, that was pretty impressive. But, yeah, that was my number one.
0: That was a good one. All right, uh, my number one, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Um, I, I was able to watch that one. And, of course, you know, th- the colors that make the Rose Bowl, so fantastic, or, or one thing, but it was a back and forth game. Uh, not to mention the uh, performance by the wide receiver from uh, Ohio State, uh, north of uh, what do you have? Three hundred yards receiving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, set, set a set a bowl record certainly, and one of the highest uh, receiving performances ever in college football. It, it was just a fantastic back and forth. The backup quarterback came in. Uh, I think, for Utah and and let them down on a drive, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, So that was my number one.
1: There you go. Top 5 Tuesday brought to you by Mid-South 5 Fitness here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today each and every week. So thank you to Thalys Steele and the folks at Mid-South 5 Fitness who do a great job taking care of us all.
2: Hey, Chris. Real quick before we dip out, I want to mention Derek Ransom out at um, Ten Pin Alley and I have been texting back and forth throughout the day. Um, happy 95th ninety-fifth uh, 95th birthday to Ruth Harwell, who bowls in a weekly league over there Tuesday mornings at 9 o'clock. Turn 95 today.
0: 95.
2: 95, still, still rolling. That's a, that's one way to keep young.
0: There
1: you go. Speaking of, bowlers. Keep Mookie Betts with there you the go. 300. Mookie bets with that 300 game over the, the weekend. Disgu- so.
2: Disgustingly talented. Yeah, that's Mookie just Betts. not fair.
1: It yeah. really isn't. <laughs> Y'all come back tomorrow same bat time, same bat channel. We're looking forward to it on Wednesday uh, for Mo and JP. I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day. Stay cool, Columbia.